Father, thank you for bringing us together today. We thank you that the word will encourage us uh, and let us know how good you are to us and how wonderful you have made your plans for us that we can see and know that what you have planned for us is for good and not for evil to give us a future and give us a hope. We thank you for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Go ahead. Clap unto the Lord. Amen. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I, I just get excited about the Lord. You know what I mean? He's excited. He's not on his throne going like, okay, here we go, another service. No, he's like, okay, kids, let's, let's have some fun. Amen? Amen? The Bible says he's rejoicing over us with singing, loud singing and dancing, okay? And then he sees us and he goes, well, what, what are they? What are they? What, who are they? <laughs> These are supposed to be my children. What's wrong with them? Praise the Lord. So <clears throat> we, uh, we left up the cross today with the, uh, the drapery. And I, one, one lady said, shouldn't we put some flowers on the cross? I don't think they put flowers on the cross when Jesus left. They just took his body and it was bloody and everything. But uh, uh, we left it up because, you know, we want to remember still that Jesus has risen. He's still risen. And it gives us hopes that we can rise again. Amen. In the, in the, in the final days. And then we left up uh, the picture that Megan drew, artistic uh, rendition of Jesus coming out of the grave, inviting us to come with him, be with him forever. It, it took the mystery out of dying. Isn't that true? We don't have to wonder what's going to happen. The Bible says that, that Jesus spoke to his disciples. He said, uh, let not your be heart be troubled. Believe in God, believe also in me. In my Father's house are many mansions. I go and prepare a place for you. Hallelujah. He went and he's preparing a place for us. And I've heard it said, he makes it look just like the way we want, to look, want it to look. You know, if you like ivory, there's ivory. If you like pearls, there's pearls. You know, if you like uh, diamonds. Any, any ladies here like diamonds? Yeah, okay. I see one hand. Real quick, huh? Yeah, there you go. You know, your place is going to look good just the way you want it. You ever go into find a house that you want to buy, and you look and you go, oh, this is just perfect. This is just right. The house that we're in right now, uh, the Lord prepared it for us, and we walked in, and we went like, hmm, this is perfect. We put all of our pictures and our furniture up, and it was perfect. It was like it was made for us, and we've been happy. We've been there for 10 years, long as we've ever been anywhere, and now you can't even pull us away from there. We like it so much, but, but think about how heaven's going to be. Everything that you dreamed of, everything that you wanted. You know, you got your Porsche outside. No, no, you don't have that. <laughs> you got everything that you wanted. Praise the Lord. Amen. Now, so I looked up some uh, famous Christians that died and, you know, went to heaven. And their final words, what they said, because, you know, it's a mystery. We don't really, really know uh, exactly how it's going to work, how it's going to feel. But I've heard people say, don't worry about people that go to heaven. People that have come back said, don't worry, it's, it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a smooth transition. So let's look at a couple of uh, uh, people. D.L. Moody. Anybody heard of D.L. Moody? Very famous evangelist. And as he was dying, he was sleeping, and he woke up, and he says, Earth is receding. Heaven is opening up to me. Oh, if this is death, it is sweet. What? God is calling me, and I must go. And Moody's son said, no, no, Father, you're dreaming. And Moody replied, I am not dreaming. I have been within the gates. This is my triumph. This is my coronation day. It is glorious. Woo! I like that. 
I mean, you'd be sick one minute, and the next day you're in, a, in glory. I can remember my father when he was passing away, and he'd just gotten saved seven months earlier, and uh, he was crying. He was saying, uh, son, it hurts so bad. It hurts so bad. I said, dad, just keep crying out to Jesus. He said, okay, Jesus, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, help me, Jesus, and off he went. What a beautiful way to go, huh? Help me, Jesus, and then there's Jesus. Amen? Glorious. Uh, here's another person, Lady Glenorchy, and she was a, I know, who, who, who knew this person? She's an evangelistic missionary. Uh, she said, if this is dying, it is the pleasantest thing imaginable. Wow. You know that person? That's you. That's what you want. You're signing up for that? Oh, oh. You, you kind of passed off? Passed, passed yeah, away? They pulled, my heart. they pulled your heart out. Yes. Yes. Oh, he. <laughs> I didn't want to come back. <laughs> yeah. Rudy had that experience and, uh, in the operation table, and he had a same word, glorious, right? You didn't want to come back, but you had to come back for Gina, right? <laughs> okay, I'm just going on record as saying that. True or not, we're going to, this is our story, and we're sticking to it. Praise God. Okay. <laughs> but I guess the Lord wanted you to stay. Yeah. Okay, William Wilberforce, Gina was calling you in, okay? You have to go back. Your wife is calling you. Praise God. You know, there's a story about Smith Wigglesworth. I don't know if you ever heard of him or heard his story, but he raised 29 people from the dead. Isn't that amazing? 29 people from the dead. And he had a devotion to the Word of God. In fact, he was, he was teaching Lester Summerall about the things of the Lord. And here's the training that he, he took him through. He would come over and uh, knock on the door, and Smith Wigglesworth would bring him into the parlor, and they would read the Bible for about 10 or 15 minutes, and then they would pray. Then they would get up, and they'd read the Bible for 10 or 15 minutes, and then pray. He did this for two hours. Then they had lunch. They went back, prayed, and read the Bible, prayed, read the Bible, and at 5 o'clock, goodbye. No teaching, no nothing. Just read the Bible. <laughs> Lester Summerall one time came in with a, with a newspaper, and Smith Wigglesworth said, what, what you got under your arm? Newspaper. He said, I don't want any of those lies in my house. Get, him, get it out of here. So he threw him in, the, in the, the, um, the shrubbery and came in. But this is a guy that raised 29 people from the dead, totally devoted to the Lord. His wife passed away, and uh, so he raised her from the dead. And they talked for 20 minutes, and she said, why are you bringing me back? He said, I need you. He says, I, she said, I've been in heaven. I'm not coming back. I, send me back. He released her, and she went back off into heaven. Can you imagine that? So here's a guy, William Wilberforce. He spent all of his time trying to, uh, to, to free the slaves in England, worked for 10 or 15 years, and at his deathbed finally got the notice that they have freed the slaves in England. And here's his words. My affections are so much in heaven that I can leave you all without a regret. Yet, I do not love you less, but I love God more. Amen? Interesting that these, this is what you have to look forward to. And if your life is right with Christ, 
praise the Lord, and I pray that you all have your life right. And if you don't, go. If you have ought against someone, just tell them, you know what, you're forgiven. I forgive you. Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Get your heart clean. Get ready, because you never know when God's going to call you. could call you at night, and you never know. You don't have time to repent. <clears throat> so now here's some people that didn't love the Lord, that didn't serve him, didn't accept him. David Hume, let's look at this guy. He was an atheist philosopher. How could you be an atheist philosopher? Who would ever listen to him, amen? And so here's what he said, uh, what they said about him. He cried aloud on his deathbed and said, I am in flames. He felt the flames of hell upon him. And it is said his desperation was a horrible scene. He was crying. He was screaming. He wanted to reverse what he had done. Let's look at this guy, Anton Levey. He was the author of the satan Satanic Bible. Isn't that a crazy Bible? He, he was a, a worshiper of Satan. And his dying words, oh my, oh my, what have I done? There is something very wrong. There is something very wrong. And when you're in desperation like that and you're dying and you know your whole life was a waste and you went down the wrong pathway... What can you do? Just cry out, oh, my God, what did I do? So that's why I'm here today to tell you and encourage you to reach out and touch someone, make a difference in their life. I went by a... <laughs> I went by, she touched, she touched her husband. Tag, you're it. <laughs> I went by the, the um, car wash the other day. And, you know, I was listening to Smith Wigglesworth. He never went a day without bringing someone to the Lord. Even one time, he, it was 11 o'clock at night, he was in bed, and he said, oh, I haven't, accept, I haven't brought anybody to the Lord. He got dressed, went downstairs, and brought, led someone to the Lord before midnight. So I'm reading this, and that's in, impressing upon my spirit. You know, when you listen to people, you listen to situations and stories, it impresses your heart. And then when you go out there, God starts speaking to you from what you heard. So I'm in the car wash, and I see this guy, and he's the attendant there. And I said, Happy Easter. And he said, because it was Monday, he goes, Yeah, thank you. I go, Okay. And he seemed friendly, seemed, you know, receiving it. So I went to the car wash and I came back, and the Lord said, Go minister to him. You sure? Yeah, yeah. So I went and I said, I, I said, Happy Easter. I don't know if you're a Christian or not. He goes, Well, I'm, I'm a Catholic. My mom's a Catholic. My grandmother's a Catholic, but I don't really have a religion. I go, Well, you know what? Uh, I just wanted to let you know that Jesus rose from the dead, and you can too. And then I went back to my car and did some vacuuming, and the Lord said, you're not done yet. Okay, so I went back, and I said, you know, the Lord really impressed upon me to pray with you. Do you mind if I pray with you? He goes, no, go for it. <laughs> I mean, he's walking to his station, and he stops, and he goes, okay, go for it. I go, okay, Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, you know, that... Uh, I said, pray this after me. I thank you that I'm a sinner saved by grace, that all my sins have been washed away. I accept you into my heart. I believe that you raised Jesus from the dead, and you'll raise me as well. In Jesus' name. And he thanked me for it. So then I went. So I'm all happy. I'm going like, ooh, I heard from God. <laughs> yeah. Uh, let's go try another one. So I'm at the habit. I'm having lunch, and I see this old guy, and uh, I mean, older than me. <laughs> this guy I could tell was older than me, okay? He was on his last breath. And I, I walked by, and I thought to myself, uh, you know, he doesn't have much time left. 
And so I went to him and I said, you know, um, I know I'm older and I'm, I'm going through some medical issues, but I'm glad that you're enjoying yourself here and eating. He goes, well, I'm 86 years old and I got a lot of, a lot of medical problems. And so I said, uh, well, you know, if you died today, would you know where you'd go? He goes, looks at me and his, his daughter looked at me like, what are you talking about? And he said, uh, I just, we don't want to talk about that right now, you know. We don't want to debate or argue about that. Oh, okay, very good, sir. Thank you very much. I don't want to impose upon you. And, and I left. And so I sat down, and I go, Lord, what are you doing here to me? I mean, I thought it was the same spirit, same word, same voice, minister to this guy, and he, you know, refused uh, the word. And so the Lord very smoothly, softly said, he needed to hear that. He needed to start to hear that he, knows, he needs to know what's going to happen to him after he dies. So I was used of God. And one of the words, uh, the definitions of witness means to be a martyr. So you have to die to yourself. You have to tuck in your feelings and say, I don't care whether how they receive me. If they reject Jesus, they're going to reject me. So I, I'm just doing my job, sir. Amen? So you don't have to worry about, you know, what... Uh, what people think about you. Because Jesus came, why did he come? To save sinners, to save those that were lost. Did he just get a welcoming every time, wherever he went? No. Sometimes they didn't receive him. Uh, but the idea is you have to, let's see, let's see this next, do we have a next scripture? Oh, okay. Because Jesus said to his disciples, go ye into all the world. And preach the gospel to how many creatures? Everybody. You know, if you only had a month left, you'd be all over the place, right? Hey, 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 do you know Jesus? You know, he can make a difference in your life. He can change you. Amen? And preach the gospel to every creature. Next uh, scripture. Now, here's a big one. Are you ready for this? As the Father has sent me, I also send you. So What? He was telling them this just before he was crucified, and I'm sure they were saying, uh, we don't want to go that way, okay? We don't want to die the way you're dying. But as the Father sent Jesus, he's also sending you. I think we got one more scripture. And then he called his 12 disciples together and gave them power and authority over all devils and to cure diseases, and he sent them to preach the kingdom of God and to heal the sick. So here's your trivia question for the day. You ready? How many disciples did Jesus have while he was on the earth? How many disciples were there? Twelve. Twelve. I was going to give a, 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 a gift card for anybody that, couldn't, that could get this one right. Uh, let's see. Let's see here. Thirteen. Keep going. Okay. He, uh, let's go back to nine. He called his how many disciples? Twelve, right? Is that your answer? Uh, Let's look at Luke 10. After these things, the Lord appointed other 70 also disciples and sent them two and two before his face into every city and place, whither he himself would come. So we got 12 and we got 70 makes 82. Let me ask you this. How many disciples does he have now? Thousands of disciples, right? Are you one of them? Yes. As... The Father has sent Jesus, so he sends us. Isn't that good news? Let me see. What's our next scripture? 
Okay. Um, let, me, uh, let me see where I'm at right here. Oh, so uh, the idea is we're supposed to bring others alongside of us, right? So when we get to heaven and you're at the pearly gates, and I don't know who's there, St. Peter, maybe an angel, we don't know, but he's going to ask you a couple of questions. So, Laura, come up here and let's see if you can answer these questions very, very good. She's a newbie at this. Amen. All right. So, uh, welcome. Uh, I'll, I'll be the I'll be the, the gatekeeper here. Okay. Keep that up uh, on your mic, up there on your your face. There you go. <laughs> All right. So, welcome. Uh, what was your name again? Laura. Uh, last name, please. Lopez. Lopez. Let me check here. Hmm. Did you have a maiden name by any chance? Well, it is Lopez. It is Lopez. That's your maiden name. Mm -hmm. What's your What's your original name? Oh. Um, Medrano. Medrano? Are you one of those hyphenated girls? Or? No. No, okay. <laughs> so let me see here. Laura Lopez. Oh, here you are. Here you are. Here. Welcome. Welcome. Good to have you here. Thank you. Uh, did you bring anybody with you? No. No? Nobody came with you? you no. You didn't witness to anybody? You didn't spread the good? No, I, haven't, I didn't have time. You didn't have time. I was taking care of the kids. I have children. You have kids, you have children, didn't have time. And you're like, 50, for 50 years plus, you didn't have time? Couldn't find, you couldn't find like one day or an hour? Or no. No, couldn't, okay. Did you send anybody ahead of you? Is there anybody that you witnessed ahead of you that, was, that you told about Jesus? No. Nobody. nobody. Nobody ahead of you. Anybody behind you? No. Nobody? No. Zero. Okay. Okay, uh, we have a party of one. Laura Lopez. Come on in, Laura. I got, let's see. Amen. Do you want that to be you? Do you want to just come to heaven and say, the Lord said, well, who'd you bring with you? Uh, nobody. Uh-uh, I, I didn't do nothing. I, I'm, I'm here, though. Well, we rejoice in you, but it would have been good if you invited somebody else to the party. Amen? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Now, okay, so Jesus chose 12 disciples originally, and most of them were what occupation? Fishermen. Six or seven uh, were fishermen. Now, I'm wondering to myself, why did he choose fishermen? He was a carpenter. Why didn't he choose people that were in the carpentry business? They were hard workers. They're patient. You're talking, about, you're talking about the fishermen or the carpenters? Both. But why didn't he choose carpenters? He probably knew some carpenters, right? Hey, hey, guys, I'm ready to start a mission field, mission trip. Maybe the wrong more people. You're getting warm. You're getting warm. Okay, why didn't he choose uh, shepherds? I mean, Abraham was a shepherd. Isaac, Jacob, Moses, David. Huh? They had more sheep than people around them. Well... You're all very close, very close. But didn't Jesus say, let's see if we have, the, let me see if we have the, uh, the scripture here. There you go. I heard it. Follow me and I will make you what? Fishers of men. They were going out. They were adventurous. They were aggressive. They knew how to mix with people. They were outdoors, right? They weren't stuck in a little carpentry shop. They weren't stuck on the hillside, right? They were out and about. 
He said, come and I will make you fishers of men. And what did they say? Well, I'll think about it. Let me go home and pray about it. Is that what they said? No. Is that what we say? Yes. <laughs> go witness to that person. I don't think so, Lord. I don't know. I don't feel led. So one pastor said, I'm, he passed out a piece of lead to everybody to put it in your pocket. So they could feel it. And they go, okay, I, I feel led. <laughs> so I can go out and do something. Amen. So, so you have to, you know, be, uh, listen to the leading of the Holy Spirit. And so God chose fishermen. Now, I tried a lot of things in my life. In fact, I tried everything, everything that I could do, you know, track. I did hurdles. I tried to do pole vault. I couldn't do that because pole vault is a ridiculous thing when you think about it. You're supposed to run at full speed, take this pole that bends, stick it into a, a, a little slot, bend it back, turn your back to the ground, and thrust yourself up. I said, my mama didn't teach no fool. I, I am not going to put my back to the ground and try to, you know. So I, the first time I tried it, I stuck it in there, and I just hang on. Oh, boy. <laughs> I'm not going to do that. Are you crazy or something? But I tried everything. I even tried the shot put. I thought, okay, maybe something, you know, would happen that I, my ligaments were just right. And no, poof. So I, I did the hurdles, and I, I did great in it. And so I tried everything. I tried everything I could do. And then, but I'm glad that the Lord didn't require me to be a fisherman to be in the kingdom of God and to be one of his disciples. Because uh, when I went fishing for the first time, and I'm used Pastor Charlie to help me. He's uh, an avid fisherman. And one day when I was about 10 years old, they said, let's go fishing. I said, okay, praise the Lord. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. I appreciate that. All right. Now, what do I do? Just throw it in the water, right? Just throw it in the water. Yeah. Let the fish bite on it. Let the fish bite on it and bring it in. Okay, I can do that. I can do that. It should be easy. So I cast my uh, line into the, into the pond. I can remember, too, Alondra Park, a little small little place. So I said, now what do I do? They said, wait. Wait? I can't see anything. I can't see the fish. I don't know what's happening. You know? It's not like basketball where you pass the ball or baseball where you hit the ball. You just sit there and wait. I'm going, oh, okay. Then all of a sudden, I felt something on my, on my pole. I went, holy cow, I got something. And I lifted it up, and there I saw the fish. And so guess what I tried to do? Fling it onto the shore. Whoa! I dragged that thing across the pond, and he broke off. And I said, this isn't no, that's no, he said, no, you're supposed to reel it in, reel it in, you know? Fight with it, play with it. Okay, whatever. <laughs> so another half hour goes by, and I go, I'm, I'm through with this. This is just like boring boring, excuse me, fisherman, but this, I was not good at that. So I start re reeling it in, and all of a sudden, look at my pole. Holy cow. Ho, 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 ho. I, I think I got something, guys. Wait a minute. Wait, ho. And he said, just work with it. Work with it. Okay, I'm working. I'm working. I got it. Whoa, this is the big one. Woo! -hee. Stand back. Look out. Here we go. Here we go. Here. Woo. And I mean, a crowd started gathering. I mean, like 10, 15, 20 people. How could, in this little pond, this guy have such a, a fish that would bend the pole like this? And so I'm fighting it, going back and forth, and I'm looking at the people like, hey, huh? And, and, 
And then all of a sudden, one guy says, well, where's the end of the line? I don't see the end of the line in the pool. I said, oh, oh, what happened was the end of the hook got caught on the end of the pole, and I was, I was just bending it myself. So, Charlie, I, I'm turning in my pole. The people just kind of dispersed. They kind of like, oh my God, what a bad show that was. <laughs> Amen. Hallelujah. My life. Oh, my life. Amen. I tried everything, but okay. <laughs> so, the reason, okay, let's draw a parallel between a fisherman in those days and a fisherman now. What does a fisherman now have to do? They have to have bait. Very good. You have to put bait on your hook, don't you? Now, how are you going to catch any fish without bait? So what is bait? It's just a good story about God, about God's goodness, how he saved you, how he delivered you, how he saved your marriage, how he delivered you out of drugs. I have a guy on the basketball court, you know, he's on a rehab program, and I told him, you know, I used to be on drugs too. He goes, really? I go, yeah. I go, you need, you need the power of the Holy Spirit to keep you out because drugs is powerful, but the Holy Spirit is more powerful. I can relate to I'm telling my story. This is how I got delivered. Praise God. And you have a story. You have a bait. And you say, oh, I don't really have, I don't tell stories. Oh, yeah, you do. Yes, you do. I've listened to some of you. Some of you tell stories. If you got wronged or somebody did something bad to you or you're having justice at work or your family, you talk about it. Oh, you know, I don't know why they did this. They did that. And I, I've been, you know, living my life and they mistreat me, abuse me and this, that. And you go on and on and on and on and tell the whole story. And at the end, okay, amen. <laughs> you know? But why not tell a good story? You're not trying to encourage them to get saved, per se. You're just telling them a goodness about, the God, about your God. The Bible says, taste and see that the Lord is good. You're giving them a little taste. Everybody wants to know about God. They want to hear what God has done for you. So you can be there and be able to say, look what the Lord has done for me. And then you make it dramatic. You, you kind of dramatize it a little bit. You say, well, you know, the Lord saved my marriage. Really? How did you do that? Well, uh, and if you're a woman, you said, well, the, I gave my husband the very thing that he wants. And then you pause. And they go, what was it? A lot of you are guessing, okay, praise the Lord. And then you say, I went to the football game with him. Or I watched the baseball game with him. Oh, really? That's what it is? Oh, yeah, because I found out that I had a gift of myself. It's a story. It's bait that you put on the hook to reach others. Amen? So um, last week, we had a lot of people that brought some, some people to church. I was so thankful that you brought your family members. And so I'm going to have a couple of them testify of what bait they used, what story did they use, how did they get them to come to the church. Are you ready, Sister Gina? Now you're thinking? <laughs> We'll let, we'll let Bindi go first then, Bindi. Yay for Bindi. I invited my three, my, my cousins and their three daughters. First of all, I did have their, their youngest one with me, and if they wanted her back, they would have to come to church. That was the first thing. S second thing, second thing, before I invited them, 
I had been talking to them about Pastor, about the church, about all of you. What a wonderful church family I now have with all of you. It, seriously, thank you. Hands raises to you. And um, she uh, would tell me, I see a change in you. I see something softer and gentler in you. And I told her, that's because the pastor has me on the love first diet. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I told her, I said, for 30 days, he wanted me to contemplate on this verse. I said, and all of a sudden, people don't necessarily bother me. People can cut me off on the freeway. Have a good day. You know, if you're going to get in an accident, do it over there. And um, she, she noticed a change in me. And that was one reason why she wanted to come and see what was going on here in the church. The unfortunate thing is that they do live quite a bit away from here. They live in Southgate. So it makes it a little difficult for them to come. But I did ask her afterwards, I said, how did you like church? And my cousin, he says, your pastor, he's really nice. He's really cool. He came and introduced himself. Marianne, Miss, uh, she came and introduced herself. And um, they really, really liked that. They liked what you had to say. But what they really liked had, has been the change in me. Praise God. Thank Amen. you. Amen. Good job. You see the joy in her face? You know, when, when they say, come to the church because it's exciting. You know, we got Marlene. She's singing. It's beautiful. You know, we got the word of God. The people are friendly. And, and we've got food afterwards. Praise the Lord. So, you know, Mary and I went to a restaurant last night. And so uh, I asked the waitress, is your salmon any good? It was a Mexican restaurant. Is your salmon any good? And her eyes lit up. And she goes, oh, yes, it's delicious. I go, okay, I'll have one of that. But if she would have said, oh, yeah, it's good. Do you want it? <laughs> I would have go, no, thanks. I'll, think, I'll look for something else. So your excitement is your bait, your story, and the way you tell it is your bait. So you had five of your family members come, and Gina also had some people that came. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, I'm always trying to get my, my daughter to come and my grandchildren, my granddaughters to come with me too. So I just said, you know, Vicki, it would be lovely for you to come and come to church on, on Easter Sunday to see you there. And uh, so they were, they, were, they were game for it and everything. But when they came in, I was sitting on the row right there where you're sitting, Bindi, and the whole row was empty right there. And she looks at me like, Mom, where am I going to sit? I said, it's all for you right there, girl. So she, with the, with the grandbabies and the granddaughters, and she even brought a friend with her, Moni. And Moni was not used to this kind of thing, but she enjoyed herself. And I said, uh, after this, they're going to have lunch and whatever you want to do after this. So they were excited about that. And also, uh, way back when my brother started to come, I started praying for my brother and Pat to come. I started telling about the church. It's just up the street, brother. And it's real good. It's a loving church. Pastor Chuck is good. Marianne, we have an awesome church family here. And you'll love it. So that's what I got them to, to come. And they're, they're not here today, but they're, they're, they'll be on their way. And um, just inviting and getting excited. So if you're excited about something, people are going to get excited about that too. I think when you're excited about what God is doing in your life, when you start telling them Jesus loves them and they don't, they don't really want to hear that, but God loves you and you share with them, 
they get excited too. And, and at my complex right now, Pastor Chuck, I'm, I've been witnessing to some of my neighbors down the street. And the ladies meet in the laundry room. So that's where we meet in the laundry room. And that's where we share about Jesus. And I had church the other day. <laughs> and they, they said, where'd you go? And so I gave them my card. I carry this little, this little thing with me where I carry my change and stuff. And I have my cards from church. So I go, look, here, try this, come. So I invited them to church too. So we just let the Holy Spirit do it from there. Amen. Invite, like you said, get excited. And they'll come. I just believe that they'll Praise come. Praise God. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Wonderful. Yeah, we have a lot of seeds out there, and eventually all these seeds are going to br bring a harvest, and we'll have a, a full house. So the first thing is put some bait on your hook. Is that right? Have a story to tell. What's the second thing a fisherman does? You got to put it in the water, <laughs> right? <laughs> The bait, you have to speak it. You have to talk about it. You have to go to people and put your bait in the water. What good would it be to have bait on the hook and you standing on the shore and not wanting to put your, your, your bait in the water? You'd just be standing there and say, okay, go ahead, put your weight. No, I'm afraid. Afraid of what? I'm afraid that the fish will reject it. Well, just put it in there, you know. No, I'm a, I, don't, I don't want, come on, just put your, you got to speak it out. You never know what you're going to do. You never know who you're going to run into. I, I ran into that one person, he was willing. I went in, uh, to another person, he was not willing. That doesn't matter. I'm doing my job. I'm fisherman. You might say, well, I'm not qualified. I don't know enough about the Bible. Let's see this picture of people that Jesus called, this next slide. Do these guys look qualified? Would you, are these the guys that you would pick to be your disciples for all eternity? <laughs> this ragtag, smelly bunch of grimy, uneducated, illiterate fishermen. That fish smell. I can't even cook fish in our house. My son goes, Dad, oh, it stinks. Can you imagine if I was a fisherman and I came home? Dad, go outside, please. So if these guys can do it, surely you can put your bait in the water. Is that not right? Okay. What's the third thing you have to do? Huh? Okay. You guys all have good guesses, but my answer to this one is you got to put it in the right water. You can't go in the backyard into your swimming pool and put your bait out there and go, okay, you know, I'm, I'm fishing. No, you're not fishing. When you come and you tell your testimony at church, that's good. That's great to do that, but you're not fishing. You've got to go outside the four walls to reach fish that need to come into the kingdom. Praise the Lord. So what does that mean? That means you have to tell your stories at your workplace. You have to tell your stories at the kids' ball game. You have to tell your stories at the dentist's office. You have to tell your story to people that will bite. Praise the Lord. And you're just telling them good things about what God has done for you. You're not trying to teach the whole Bible. You're not trying to, you know, break down everything or argue with them or debate with them. Just tell them, you know what the Lord did for me? Blah, 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 blah. Well, one guy, I heard this testimony. His, his uh, daughter's eyes were cross-eyed. And so he kept praying and believing for his daughter's eyes to be, you know, straight. And all of a sudden, they woke up one morning, and they were straight. In one, one night. So he text all of his uh, suppliers and said, I just want to tell you some wonderful news about how, my, how the Lord has healed my daughter. And no one got upset. Some were rejoicing, and a couple even accepted the Lord. Said, boy, if the Lord can do that for your daughter, surely he can do that for my son and daughter. 
So you just tell the story what you have. So what's the three things? Get some bait. Maybe your bait's not sweet enough. Maybe you have to sweeten it up a little bit. Work on your story. Amen? Make it interesting. Make it exciting. Put some pauses in there. Dramatic pauses, right? Isn't that what you have to do? You don't just run through the whole play. You stop. See, la, think about this. So you get some bait. You put it in the water. You got to tell somebody. And then you put, tell them to the right people. The people that can, you can fish and, and, and bring something in. So uh, let's go to our last slide, which talks about... And you all, do you all have your... Uh, your uh, postcard, goal of one. Let me read it for you. Let's go to the back. The last, the very last one. Goal of one, is that on there? It's just a picture. No? Before that? No? Before that? Oh, my son must have missed. Okay, let's go up to the top. There's, it should be in the beginning with the announcements. Goal of one, because what are we supposed to do? Our vision is to reach people's hearts with the love of Christ. We know that, right? But we have to keep saying it over and over and over again because it gets into your spirit. Isn't that nice to know? Get it in your spirit. You do it by saving people, starting friendships with people, right? You're starting friendship with people in, the, in, in, in your complex, in the laundry room. God forbid, okay. Adopting people into the family of God valuing God's call on people's lives, and empowering people with the Holy Spirit to reach others. So our goal, go up there where it says uh, goal of one. It should be in the announcements. Maybe my son, not there. Okay, you have it on your cards, right? Let's, let's look at this. Let's, let's have somebody read these things here for us. Gina, what, what's the first one say? Yeah, that's it. Uh, pray and ask God to lead you in deciding who to bring to church. Pray and pray, pray to who? Pray to God. Pray to God, because he knows what we're supposed to do, right? Let's see. I seem to have another reader over here. Leticia, you know how to read, right? <laughs> Number two. Be an entrusted friend to the person through dedicated service and active engagement. Be, yeah, be an entrusted friend to them through service and through engagement. You know, you got to come out of yourselves. You know that? You can't just like be uh, me and my four and no more. You have to come out of yourself, right? Reach out and touch somebody. Touch them. Okay, good. <laughs> Christine, how about number three? I mean, Griselda. Yeah. Welcome them into the new heart for Square Church family. Yeah. You know, we have a good family here, not only here locally, but the whole new heart for Square Church is a good family. They allow us to be who we are in what we do. You know, they, they, they follow the pastor, the senior pastor, his spirit, his way of doing things. And I think we do things pretty good, don't we? Amen. We love you all the time. Who was it? Who was Dom Dominic was, had a bad back. I prayed for him, and he got healed. Then he said, my mom is, is uh, suffering, too, with a bad back. I go, I'll go. I'll go. I do house calls, praise the Lord. <laughs> Hallelujah. I'm not a pastor just up here. Well, bless God, we're praying for you. 
I hope everything works out good for you. <laughs> Bless his holy name. <laughs> I do what? I do weddings, right? Do you have your... Uh... Okay, let's do number four for... Number four. Weekly commit to disciple and mentor them in the Lord from six months to a year. Wow. Why, why six months to a year? It takes that long to bring them out of darkness into the marvelous light. I know Maggie does that. And Maggie, it takes, a time, it takes a while to bring people to get them to know the Lord. I know when I first got saved, I had a lot of baggage, a lot of, you know, junk in my trunk. <laughs> I had a lot of things I had to put aside, you know, slowly but surely. I remember every, every Sunday for communion, I go, Lord, I'm sorry. I didn't do that good this month. Help me do better this month. And every month it was the same prayer, <laughs> same sin, same situation. But finally, huh, Finally, I broke away. It's kind of like, you know, a rocket ship when it leaves Earth. There's a lot of thrust. There's a lot of power. There's a lot of shaking going on because you have to exit the gravity. You have to ex exit the Earth's atmosphere. And so when you get up a little bit higher, it's easier. Oh, my gosh, it's a lot easier. It doesn't take as much effort. And then finally, you get to the point where you're just floating in, you know, stratosphere, and you're going like, ooh, you know, you're weightless, ooh. I'm serving the Lord. Praise God. Amen. So know that the people that you take, they're not going to be all of a sudden 100% saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. I like to say saved, sanctified, and filled with the Holy Ghost. They have to, you have to bring them along. Be patient. Be long-suffering. How, how, how long is long-suffering? Longer than what we've been doing. Long-suffering. It's not... How long? It's an attitude. I am long-suffering with you. I'm not worried about you making it. I'm just worried about me planting seed into your heart. Amen? So how many of you are willing to take up the challenge for a goal of one? Just bring one. And, you know, it's surprising. I heard this, this preacher talking. He has 91,000 people at his church, and he's, he's still saying we have to have a goal of one. We have to have bring just one person during the year. Why? Because it's hard, Right? It, it takes a long time. How long did it take for you to, to, to bring your brother in? A lot of prayer, but how long? How, how about how long? Years. Years. That's why we're giving you the whole year, you know, <laughs> through prayer and fasting <laughs> to bring them out. Amen? Amen. So let's bow our heads and pray. Father, we thank you for letting us know that we are disciples of the Lord. We're not one of the 12. We're not one of the 82, but we're the thousands and millions that you've called to go forth and reach others as you have reached us. And Jesus said, as the Father has sent me, so send I you. That's us. And Father, we don't want to get to heaven and just say, well, we made it, but we didn't bring anybody along with us. We want to say, yeah, I ministered to this one, this one. They'd be you expecting them. They're coming. There's a couple that already were here. We thank you, Lord God, that you're putting in us the spirit to reach others to know you. And we give you the praise, the glory, and the honor for it. In Jesus' name, and all agreed said, amen. amen.